Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energized. Ross, Khabib versus Gaethje. It's official, man. It is, it is. It is almost like the end of what we know are three amazing pay-per-views coming up in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, we're going to kick things off in the heavyweight division. You get DC versus Stipe. Then you have the mouth-watering pro- uh, fight between Adesanya and Costa, 200 feet of middleweights. And then you finish it off with Justin Gaethje versus Khabib for the undisputed UFC lightweight title. Man, like, this is like what five fans would want to see. I just got a chill there. Uh, if you are new to the show, make sure to like and subscribe because we're here every week. Ross, the second this was announced, Khabib versus Gaethje, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be such a good fight. It's such an intriguing matchup. People, uh, I think Justin Poirier was on the first side. People have been saying for ages, if anyone in the UFC can beat Khabib, it's Justin Gaethje. He has the perfect style. His takedown defense is absolutely incredible. He also has heavy hands. And he throws leg kicks. There's sort of like the three things that people are like, that's how you can beat Khabib. If you can't take him down, you can do heavy leg kicks. And then if you can knock him out with the hands. And Justin Gaethje is that perfect combination. We all know what Khabib's going to do. Khabib's going to smash. You know what I mean? Like that's, Khabib smash. Like Khabib is going to try and take Justin Gaethje down, break his will, and absolutely pulverize him into a pulp. Obviously, Khabib's undefeated. Do you actually believe Gaethje has it, has it to beat him? Because we've seen Gaethje lose before. Um, and why, why do you think... think... He does. Uh, I think... Like, Gaethje, every time he's lost, has been, like, properly stopped, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So he's never quit. He showed up on, what, a couple of weeks' notice and um, beat Tony Ferguson in a five-round war. Unreal. I mean, like, his Unreal. cardio was absolutely incredible. Um. I, I don't remember him being taken down the UFC now. Maybe he has been, but I don't, I don't recall him being taken down the UFC. And we all know he can crack. You know what I mean? Like, he hits very, very hard. Yeah. His leg kicks are phenomenal. So, he's like, if, if you were to design someone to be Khabib, like, that's exactly who you, what you'd design. Do you think so? Yeah, well, what would you say Khabib's weaknesses are? You'd probably say, well, he's definitely better at stand-up or worse at stand-up than he is on the ground. Yeah. So, who's better at stand-up? Justin Gaethje. You know yeah, I mean? and for people uh, that don't know, like Justin Gaethje has a massive background in wrestling as well. So Massive. I, he was an All-American collegiate wrestler. Uh, and on top of that, like, I think Justin Gaethje has like 22 wins and like 18 are by knockout. You know what I mean? Like, there's no messing with Gaethje. He's, he's yeah. in there for the kill. You know what I mean? He, no one embodies kill or be killed more than Justin Gaethje. Was it that win that he got over Tony Ferguson? Is that the win that just made you realize he can beat Khabib? Because we, everyone knows that like, Khabib looks unbeatable and he is undefeated. I always sort of thought Justin Gaethje was the guy to beat Khabib. And I always thought if, you know, obviously being Irish, you're, you're going to look at like, how does Conor McGregor get the bell back again? Yeah. I always thought Conor McGregor actually like has a very good chance of beating Gaethje. I don't think he has a good chance of beating Khabib. But I think Gaethje has a better chance of beating Khabib than Conor does. So oh, I almost feel like that's the way of getting McGregor back in there for a belt if Gaethje can get the job done against Khabib. I think he's by far and large the biggest threat to Khabib's title in the lightweight division. And if you're just Gaethje now, what would, what would you base your camp around and what would you do differently or what would you keep the same? To be honest, if I was just Gaethje, I'd stick to the same game plan that I do for most fights. If he can turn the Khabib fight into a brawl, 
That's not what Khabib wants. Khabib does not want to be in there, you know, in a phone booth, uh, swinging hooks with Justin Gaethje, because Gaethje will land and he will land harder. Would you recommend Gaethje picks up the phone and, and rings one of the biggest superstars to come out of Fight Island, uh, Kazmat Shimiev? Um, look, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was talking Justin Gaethje doing rounds with Usman before that fight, and. Usman's probably as good as you can get to replicate Khabib. Yeah. And uh, I hope his feet are okay going into this fight and uh, Usman wasn't doing too many foot stomps on him in training. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if he can get Shimiev into, ca- into his camp, absolutely. But <laughs> Shimiev is maybe the person you don't want to be getting into your training camp at the moment. He might smash everyone. Yeah. But just like... <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, so... Man, incredible fight. Like it doesn't get any bigger than could be versus Gaethje for five fans. That is a real five fans dream. Exactly. Like and just as you brought up the way the UFC have sorted out uh, Cormier versus Mio, just three to look forward to the next pay per view. Then uh, Adesanya versus Costa. They're really getting the. They're really setting up these fights. Yeah, it's superstar city over there, and I think it looks like DC Stipe is going to be Vegas. I think the other two will be on Fight Island just because they're all international fighters. They're obviously, Barrett, Justin Gaethje, but we've seen that they can get American fighters to Fight Island. I think it's harder to get international fighters into the US. But UFC have proved that they can get anything done if they need to get it done. So I, I, I wouldn't have any doubts against uh, Dana White. If he wants to fight in the US, he'll get to fight in the US. Yeah, Dana White really pulled off some amazing things at Fight Island. Uh, another question as well, Ross. Those three fights are all lined up and they're, they're like amazing pay-per-views to look forward to. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Is it Khabib versus Gaethje, Miocic versus D- DC, or Adesanya versus Costa? Because all three are absolute bangers. To be honest, they all have their own interesting twist to them. Obviously, well, DC... Start off, with, start off with the most the one that's coming soonest. You've seen 252. DC versus uh, Miocic. The trilogy... The winner of this fight will be able to raise their hand and say they are the greatest heavyweight in mixed martial arts history. These two are the very best the heavyweight division has to offer. And whoever walks out that building with the 13 pounds of gold will be considered the heavyweight goat in MMA history. Yeah, I mean, like, just, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a big, big uh, sort of accolade to claim. Uh, just, just quickly, what do you think will be the difference in the, in the trilogy. Obviously, DC won the first one. Miocic won the second. This time, they're going to be fighting in the apex and the octagon's going to be smaller. I think this all leans towards Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is looking very slim these days. I think he's down to about 238, 240 pounds. That's where he came in at the first fight. He has endless cardio. He, you sort of saw him do that clinch one-two. I don't know if you saw the two fights, but like that was like his thing in both fights. That's what got the job done. Uh, I can see him getting the job done in this one. He's going to want to leave on a high. And I think most people agree, if you watch the second fight, Daniel Cormier almost threw that fight. He was winning the first few rounds and then just started like brawling with Stipe for no reason whatsoever. He's going to have him in the smaller cage. Stipe Miocic is going to need to bring his wrestling shoes. And I don't think he has wrestling shoes that can match DC's. All right, and then okay. So right now, you you think a DC is going to win the trilogy? I think so. Yeah, and my prediction is Daniel Cormier does not retire. We get one more. 
We yeah. got one more out of DC. People can't retire, as we saw on, over the weekend. Vyotrich and Show. I'm sorry, yeah, Little Nog and Shogun. They're like, I'll do it again. I know Little Nog retired, but I mean, he's like, he might get a bit. Uh, might need. Might more, get the itch. Might get the itch coming up to Christmas. You know, like Christmas presents are not cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we'll move into UFC 253, Adesanya versus Costa. This one's for the middleweight title, as you said. Both lads are undefeated. This we is, have this is quality. This is quality. Israel Stylebender Adesanya, the undefeated phenom coming out of New Zealand. This man fights like he is in the <laughs> Matrix. Also, as much as you love seeing him fight, you want to see the entrance as well. It is an absolute event in itself. Then on the opposite side, you have Paolo Borahina Costa, the eraser. This man destroys people. He will walk you down and he is a headhunter. He is coming for Israel Adesanya's head and apparently he is running through sparring partners in training. As in, most people would like sort of are nice to sparring partners and they try and get, you know, a feel for them. They'll try and get them to emulate opponents. Not Paulo Costa. He's just there and he's knocking them out <laughs> left, right and centre. This guy is coming for Izzy's head and at the moment, I feel like a lot of people are underestimating him. Dan Hardy uh, last week said that he's just a jacked-up bodybuilder. I don't think he is. Anyone who can go in there and beat Yo Romero and Santos Totem is a man to be feared with in the middleweight division. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And then UFC 254. Hold on, hold on. You, you, have... you never give me your prediction for it. <laughs> I said Paolo Costa, man. You think Paolo Costa would be Adesanya? Yeah, I, I, what's called, I saw Gaethje got hands on Adesanya. I think Costa's going to be able to get hands on Adesanya. And I think Costa's hands are heavier. Oh, sorry, not Gaethje, Gaslam. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think Costa's hands are heavier than uh, Gaslam. I think he'll be able to put them away. Yeah, these will also be, we presume this will be a back on Floyd Island. Mm. So uh, the octagon will be bigger than the one that's on the Apex in Vegas. Uh, well, previously, I was, when Yoro Romero fought Adesanya, they didn't really engage. Uh, can you see that happening again? No, because I feel Costa pushed the pace on Romero. Romero's counter-striker. That's why like, he sort of conserve, 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 explode. It's almost like Tyrone Woodley, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, except Yo Romero has more success with the explosion part. And Costa, is, he's in there, and he wants to back you up against the cage. Um, like, he throws leg kicks, or sorry, yeah, kicks to the body, and like his leg is like a baseball bat when he swings up. It's next level scary. I think he's one of the best fighters in the UFC at the moment. And I also think he's one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC at the moment. That's sorry, who's that again? Paolo Costa. Paolo Costa. I can't wait to see this fight at the moment. I'm thinking Adesanya will mm. win it just for um I think he's gonna be able to pick the shots better. Uh, but uh if Costa goes in like a freight train, it there's gonna be an explosion. So I'm really looking forward to that. And the last time we had two uh, undefeated fighters fighting for the UFC belt was back with uh, Rashad Evans fighting the Oda Machida. And the Oda Machida came in there, the challenger, and got the knockout there. So I think the challenger is going to come in and get the knockout here too. I'd almost say Adesanya would be more like Machida rather than uh, Rashad would be more like Costa. If you sort of have to say who was more like who. So that would almost say Adesanya will win. But then, uh, Ross, <laughs> UFC 254, said it to me, Khabib versus Gaethje. We have the undefeated, undisputed Dagestani wrecking machine that is Khabib 
Nurmagomedov. He is coming into this fight. And he has come out this week and said he only wants two more fights. It'll be this one and then a retirement fight. Do I believe him? No, I don't. But if that's all we have left, you have to bask in the glory that is Khabib Nurmagomedov. He has taken some of the best fighters in MMA history and he has made them look like chumps. That is what he jumped them. He destroyed Dustin Poirier. He broke his will. And we've seen how good Dustin Poirier has been before and since that fight. On the other hand, you have the human highlight reel that is Justin Gagey. This man has more fight performance bonuses than he does fights in the UFC. How is that possible? I do not know. I do not know. He is in fight of the night. How is that possible? Out of the night because he won't fight at night and knock out night in the same <laughs> night. It is absolutely insane. I thought you didn't know. <laughs> an absolute killer. He's in there to get the knockout every single time. No fighter embodies kill or be killed more than Justin Gaethje. I'm excited to see this one. And he is the perfect kryptonite for Khabib. Can he get the job done, Barry? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, it's so far away, uh, this one. But if I, if I was a betting man, and I am a betting man, I would put my money still on Khabib and Magomedov. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it on Khabib as well, just because he's undefeated. But this is something I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, Obviously, the fight's far away, so that means there's more chance of people getting injured. If someone gets injured, who steps in? Will it be the notorious one? It could potentially be the notorious one, but I think it has to be given enough time. Uh, I don't think he'd step in on three or four weeks' notice, but um, I do think if he, you know, if it was before the Adesanya fight, if there was you know, six weeks' notice, McGregor might step in. But he doesn't want to be known as a replacement fighter, if that makes sense. I got you. Although it wouldn't, it, would be, it wouldn't be a bad idea because there wouldn't be huge amount of each other's team on the island as well, you know? No, it wouldn't. If they were ever going to do the Khabib-McGregor rematch, that's probably the time to do it. Yeah. There are three serious events to look forward to. Obviously, the most recent one uh, coming up is Miocha vs. DC. That'll be on August the 15th. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some... That's some crazy shit to come up. Uh, if you are enjoying the show, make sure to like and subscribe and let us know which fight you are looking forward to the most. Because we, like, what, what, what are you looking forward to the most? I would say, in terms of the actual fight itself, probably could be versus Gaethje. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Like, it's so funny because, like, like, you have two undefeated guys in the middle eight one, and then, you know, you have the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. But in terms of, like, the highest level of MMA competition, I feel like, the winner of like the lightweight belt at the moment, like if you can beat Khabib, like you almost move into pound for pound number one. Yeah, it's great to be a fight fan, isn't it? I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing Adesanya and Costa. That's just that's just so intriguing. I'm, I'm like, oh, if if they uh, if they smash into each other, this is something mm. that you can't miss. But uh, Ross, over the weekend it was you see fight out on three. Darren Till took on Robert Whitaker. In the middleweight division, speaking of the middleweight division, uh, it went to decision. Robert Whitaker won this. What did you make of the fight? Yeah, um, I think we both sort of knew how it was going to play out. We knew it was going to be a technical stand-up affair. Um, and then we both sort of hinted at it that Robert Whitaker, when needs be, will be able to use his wrestling to score a few points and get the decision win. Um, I, I, I honestly thought at the time Whitaker might have been able to get the knockout. 
Uh, obviously, Darren Till was probably the closer of getting the knockout. He did yeah. have the knockdown on uh, Robert Whitaker, especially in the first round. First round, um, yeah. But look, Robert Whitaker showed his champion status and uh, he rallied back to win on points over the five rounds. Uh, I did score for Robert Whitaker. I did think he, he won the fight. Um, yeah, well, how do people think you didn't win the fight? I didn't get that. I thought he was at least 3 1 going into the last round. Yeah, it was so, so like, I actually scored a four uh, one to Whitaker, but like I could see sort of three two to Whitaker as well. Um, yeah. But I, I do feel like Darren Till is like such a likable character that it's one, he's one of those people where people are going to score the fight for him, even if uh, you know they're almost watching it through rose tinted glasses. Put yeah, that I get way. You. Okay, yeah, I get you. Then. Yeah, so, uh, but look again, if on Foyle Island they went and the winner is Darren Till. I wouldn't be sitting here telling you Robert Whitaker was absolutely robbed. I was. I would have been like, look. Sometimes the judges are a bit shit. It was such a technical fight that it, it, it was hard to be that definitive. But sometimes when you're watching a fight and you, if you're scoring it as you go along, the person you actually think won the fight doesn't actually win it on the scorecards, which is a funny thing to say. You know what I mean, by the time you actually top up your scorecards. The winner isn't actually always the person who uh, who you thought won the fight as a whole. Yeah, even even in certain rounds, if they if when it shows the card as in a, who's the most strikes, mm. they don't necessarily win that round. I think we talked about this in the last show. Yeah, but like and rightly so. Like if I you know hit you with like twenty jabs and then you hit me with like fifteen uppercuts, like the fifteen uppercuts are gonna you know weigh <laughs> a lot more than the twenty jabs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that has to be taken into account. All strikes are not equal. Okay, Ross. Write that down, guys. Write that down. All strikes are not equal. That's our quote for the day. Ross, where where do both lads go from here? Because both lads' stock has definitely risen. Darren Till and even coming off a loss, people are still interested in seeing him fight again. But uh, we start off with Robert Whitaker. Where does he go from here? Because obviously in his previous fight, he fought for the title, lost against Adesanya. What's where does Whitaker go from here? And then uh, where does Darren Till go from here? I think Whitaker is in a very interesting spot because if Paolo Costa wins the title off uh, Adesanya, he's potentially in position to get number one contender spot. If I was Robert Whitaker, I'd want to go again on that card. I want to fight on the Adesanya um, versus Costa card. And that's the perfect way to stake your claim for the number one contendership spot. And there's only two other men who could stand across from Robert Whitaker. One being Jack Hermanson and the other being Jared Cannonier. Um, I personally, for whatever reason, prefer the Jack Hermanson fight. Cannonier seems to be on quite the roll, but in terms of like stardom, um, putting bums in seats, I don't think Cannonier puts any bums in seats. Well, so, when was the last time Cannonier fought? Because I can't even remember. I know Jack Hermanson didn't fight against Gaston there I, a few weeks ago. I feel like he beat, I'm, I'm going to actually Google as you speak, but yeah. I feel like he beat Jack Ray Sousa there recently. Um, that rings a bell. I will give it a quick Google. Jared Cannonier, here we go. And his last fight. Oh, he actually beat uh, Jack Hermanson. And what he beat. It? Yeah, and he beat Anderson Silva. And he beat David Branch. But uh, he lost previously to Dominic Reyes. So, like, he's done a bit of a tear. In fairness, I think him saying he, he knocked out uh, Hermanson. Oh, yeah, actually, he knocked him out in Denmark. I do remember that. But that was September oh. of last year. Yeah, remember we were hoping Hermans would win that. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. We have to look some things up live. We know we can't we can't we can't know uh 
the encyclopedia off the top of her head all the time. Although you do a good um, job at that, in fairness. I, I, I try my best, but again, like, you know, someone who doesn't bring a lot of fandom and then hasn't fought since September, I can't be uh, held accountable for that one. Uh, we'll let you away with Can Nier versus Whitaker. Can Nier versus Whitaker, and then how, how do you feel about that, Baswell? And the winner gets. Well, I like that. And then, well, then what does Hermanson do? Hermanson's in a bit of a funny spot. Um, you just beat Gaslam. Gaslam quite highly ranked. Maybe uh, Hermanson fights the winner of Brunt versus uh, Shabazian this weekend, especially if uh, Shabazian gets the win because he seems to be on like a very serious upward trajectory. And then what about Darren Till? Darren Till. Oh, I actually think Darren Till should fight Derek Brunson regardless of the result here. Uh, I think that's a good fight for him. It's almost like a striker versus grappler matchup. And I think it's a very winnable fight for Darren Till. I think UFC needs Darren Till to be in the win column. Yeah. He's also going to be out for a while with that knee injury as well. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think of those fights, Basbo? Sum me up. Like, I mean, that, that Whitaker versus Till fight was so beautiful. Like, I, I know it was on very late. Like, depending on where you are in the world, where we were, it was very late. And I was just so on edge the whole time because from the first round, the way Till out of nowhere got the, got the elbow in. I didn't even know what happened. It was just like, crash. And then mm. Whitaker was down. I was like, that was waiting to happen the whole time because they're both on edge. Mm. Whitaker must be a very, very hard person to prepare yourself for. Because at least he did a brilliant job against Till, chopping him down with the legs. So th- that's something people are going to use from now on. Just keep going for Till's lead leg. Like it, Absolutely, it, yeah. I can almost crack the code there. But uh, both guys are absolute legends. Even after the fight, they're they mm. like, they like, see you after. And like, it's just cool. I just love this sport so much. It's so cool. This, this last Foy Island card was like the, the best Foy Island card, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we have, um, we'll qu- quickly go over like uh, Shogun beat Lil Nog for the third time in a row. That was a great fight as well. Uh, performance of the night goes for Fabrizio Verdum against Alexander Gustafsson. We both thought that Gustafsson would win this, but Fabrizio Verdum got the submission in the first round. Uh, shout out to Carlos Barza as well. Uh, good armbar, actually, just on Verdum. He called out um, <laughs> Fedor after the fight. What you make of that? And also, like, he, he, this was the last fight of his UFC contract, but, like, has there ever been someone who called out a Bellator fighter after uh, a UFC win? I don't think that's ever happened before. No, I don't know. Actually. And I think that, like, automatically has caught his toys in the UFC. They're not going to re-sign him after calling out a Bellator fighter. Yeah, he's, 40, he's, he's 41. Although, that, that, was a, that, was, that showed that, he, that his previous fight against Only Anik, he didn't take seriously. But I think uh, well, I I don't think it was he didn't take it serious because I really thought about it leading into this fight, and he was actually off for two years with the USADA suspension, so like you couldn't actually get the like the proper rounds in in the octagon, so he just came unfit, and it's almost like he did two back to back camps and then like showed who we, where he's really at against Gustafsson. Is he a free agent now, Ross? Yeah, free agent. Then I think Fedor versus uh, Verdum like in Bellator would be a great fight, and then if Verdum wins, he fights Ryan Bader. Why not? Yeah. Like, there's something for, for Bellator, that's great. Yeah, for Bellator, yeah, that's great for Bellator. Mm. Uh, then uh, Carlos Barza won by decision for Bellator. Uh, performance by Paul Craig. Got an, another submission. Uh, he's run the muck. Um, Alex Cowboy Oliveira, he won as well here. By the way, I heard that Alex Cowboy Oliveira has three kids with, with three different women that all live in the same road as him. No way. Yeah, what you make Yeehaw! of that? <laughs> <laughs> what you make of that? 
Oh, sure. He he uh, raises his family like uh, he does his fighting. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Uh, then here, one of the fights we have to talk about. Our good mate Reese McKee got uh, got matched against. Yeah. Um, got into the fight. We were hoping Reese would would get the win. He obviously took the fight in very short notice, a week, I think, to be exact. But uh, Kazmat Shimiev is the MVP of Fight on Ross. What you making him? For people that don't yeah, know. Yeah, two appearances on Foil Island, uh, taking on John Phillips and uh, Reese McKee. Kazmat hates uh, UK and Irish fighters. <laughs> he wants to smash them all. Look, I was I was actually thinking about Kazmat during the week. And I thought what about him a few times. And I was like, <laughs> who, where does he come in next? Because I was thinking about it and, you know, the top five in the welterweight division, Usman, Covington... Masvidal, Woodley, Edwards, Burns. I think Kazmat's ready for them right now. Yeah, I know. I think you put him in against anyone in the top 15 and he's going in there to get the job done. I think the perfect opponent for Kazmat to fight next is Michael Chiesa. He's in the rankings. Uh, he's sort of shown a bit of a resurgence himself at welterweight. Very good grappling. I think that's the perfect fight for Kazmat to take. Do you know what? Do you know, do you know what's funny? When I was going, when I was listening, shout out to the lads in the bash. I was listening to uh, the list of people that they could potentially uh, Kazmat could potentially fight. And when they mentioned Kiesa, in my head, I was like, "That's it," because he's he can yeah. fight on the ground. Because his last two fights have been against strikers. But uh, Ross, for people that don't know who Kazmat is, can you explain what his sort of fighting style is? Kazmat is, as Dana White described him, the perfect combination of Khabib and Robert Whitaker. You know what I mean? And uh, that's his like personality mix as well. He has the grappling skills of Khabib. He gets on the ground, he pummels it, he smashes it. He, you know, he waits for you to give in, whether it's going to be strikes on the ground or whether it's going to be uh, give up your neck for a choke. And then, you know, Robert Whitaker is more close to his stand up, I think, uh, and his demeanor. You know what I mean? He's sort of a bit unassuming. And on top of that, he's like very calm and relaxed at all times. Yeah. I think Kazma is a future UFC champion, and I think it'll be sooner rather than later. Yeah, we haven't seen something like this since Khabib. It's almost as if uh, you know what this is more impressive than Khabib. Yeah, it's almost like in, in Pokemon terms, like uh, Khabib evolved into a, the bigger version of himself. <laughs> uh, Khabib is Pikachu, and Kazma's Raichu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kazma yeah. look, looks like. He's going to be an awful problem for everyone. Yeah. He called McGregor out straight after his fight as well. And then McGregor wrote back saying, Ratlip. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> McGregor is just involved in everything, man. Yeah. Well, in fairness, did you see during the week, uh, Darren Till and uh, Robert Worker were being asked questions. They were like, um, would you drop down to fight Conor McGregor? I was like, yeah. No. It was like, it was like, oh, so you wouldn't fight him then? I was like, I didn't say I wouldn't fight him, but I was like, it's not a relevant question. That's like asking, you know, Daniel Cormier, would he fight Mighty Mouse? Yeah, it's... Uh, that was it's never going to happen. Supposedly that's a, a report from BBC. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or else that was oh, you. Yeah, I'm not sure. I forget, I forget which one it was. Although yeah. I do I do find... I think I would find it funny if you got a reporter to go in and like ask the fighters really stupid questions just for like entertainment purposes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's a couple of, like, shout out to Tom Aspinall as well with the performance of the night knockout of Jake Collier. And then, oh, the uh, English Frank Mir. Yeah, then uh, Nicholas Dalby lost surprisingly as well. But uh, yeah. also Francisco Trinaldo defeated Joy Herbert, but not but knockout in the third round. But the biggest fight of the night was 
uh, Dan Hardy against Herb Dean. Ross, this all stemmed from Joy Herbert being knocked out. Dan Hardy shouted in, stop the fight, stop the fight. Trinaldo stood over him. Then like the, Herb Dean was like, carry on. Then he hit him a couple twice. And then it sort of blew up after that. Ross, what you make of this Dan Hardy shouting, stop the fight, sort of creating a bit of a stir? What did you make of this? Uh, well, I think there's two points to it. I think this sort of stemmed from earlier on the night. Um, Paul Felder and Dan Hardy were not happy with the uh, stoppage in the Tanner Boser and Rafael Pessoa fight in the heavyweight division. I was completely fine with that stoppage. Uh, Boser sort of hit him big left hook and then sort of backing against the fence. And your man sort of more like dropped down and was like covering up like that. And that was sort of fine by me. And then the Joy Her- Herbert fight. Joy Herbert was actually winning the second round quite convincingly. He was gone into the third. Uh, Trinaldo, who missed weight, throws a big bomb of an overhand left. And it was such a weird shot because it landed like right on the forehead. Yeah. And it, it, someone described it afterwards and I was like, that's exactly what it was like. It was like someone got a hammer and like bonked him on the head. And yeah. he went, Timber! Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He, uh, for those of you watching on video, I have my like, hands up, but like he sort of fell like this unconscious and when Trinaldo went and sort of mounted him on top before he threw any strikes he was a bit hesitant to throw strikes and threw about three or four strikes and then Herb Dean broke it off but before Trinaldo threw his first strike all you could hear was Dan Hardy from the commentary box super loud I was watching my headphones in he was like stop the fight and I was like Jesus Christ who's that and then obviously Herb Dean did start the fight I just think from a commentary point of view, that was like quite unprofessional, if you know what I mean, from uh, Dan Harry's point of view. I understand he's passionate. I understand that, you know, he thought the fight should have been stopped. But I think he let his personal relationship with Joy Herbert, he saw his friend getting in there, his friend was hurt, and he got very heated and aggressive. Put it this way, if that was Trinaldo on the ground and Joy Herbert had knocked him out, I don't think Dan Hardy would have been as egregiously upset as he was this way around. And Let it go, getting, Herb. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think getting in Herb Dean's face after the fight is professional either. Tell him, you do your job, I'll do my job. Yada, yada, yada. I just don't think that's a good look for Dan Hardy. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate this. But like, Dan Hardy has not been on UFC commentary that frequently uh, of recent times. And doing that, I don't think is a good look uh, for Dan Hardy. Um, I know he's called the outlaw, but that is just not for me. Herb Dean is a very, very good referee. Was the stoppage a bit late? Yeah, probably was. But at the end of the day, when you're like this on the ground and you have your hands up, you know what I mean? The yeah, ref it was, was, it was, sort, of, it was sort of like that. Yeah. So it, ref- did look, it did look, I suppose from different angles, it looked different as well, but they would have seen... Mm. Same angle. But it, the ref it, is going it, to try and give you in you know every opportunity to yeah. uh, you know carry on the fight as well. And if you do have one hand up, like that sort of gives the referee the assumption that you know a punch is coming and you're trying to block it. Yeah. Look, yeah. uh, so he ate a few extra shots. Uh, he doesn't seem to be anything wrong with him. But at the end of the day, I think slightly late stoppage. But at the end of the day, we've seen fighters come back from worse positions than Johnny Herbert was in. Yeah, you can see it from both sides, you know. Uh, mm. even just I just don't think that was the best way of Dan Hardy doing it. I think he could have, you know, elegantly said, 
that was very, very late stoppage. You know what I mean? Herb, you got that one wrong. And you probably would have got a different response from Herb Dean. But if you start aggressively confronting someone over plexiglass, they're not going to be overly tough with you. Especially if, you know, they're not in a position to say it. Yeah, you can see it from both sides. And it's, uh, it, it's just something that happens. It's just something that happens. And uh, it's just something that happens. You, know, that, that you can see it from both sides. That's, that's you know what I mean? Yeah. But... Uh, so winner Herb and like Dan Hardy fighting because Dan Hardy wants to come out of retirement. I actually saw a lot of people being like, uh, say Dan Hardy will smash Herb Dean, but I'm pretty sure Herb Dean's like a, a lifetime martial artist and he's much bigger. He'd hold his own. So I'd say if he did a jiu-jitsu match, I'd fancy Herb Dean. Yeah, Herb Dean. Dean I mean Herb Dean, even though that's <laughs> Keith Jardine. But you know, I actually think he was called the Hurricane. You know that back in his MMA days. Oh, uh, Herb Dean. Do you think Herb Dean's a good ref? Yeah, he's one of the best in the business. Yeah. Also, John McCarthy came out and stuck with for Herb Dean. Yeah, it's just something that happens, but you live and you learn. Okay. Bros, this weekend, Brunson's taking on Shabazian, and it is kicking off the apex again. Uh, sorry, just overall before you move on. What did you make of Fight Island? What did you make of it? Did you watch the videos on how they created it? Just what you make of the experience overall? I actually didn't watch the videos how they created, but like I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought you got high quality fights, um, and you got what you asked for. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got to see all the international fighters fight. Uh, we got some of the biggest fights of all time. Uh, Maslow versus Usman like both broke one point three million pay per views. Um, few conscientious decisions along the way, but the caliber of fights were as high as it gets. Yeah, I forgot to ask you as well, or just bring it up. Darren Till walked out without any music. Did you, what, did you, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, like you said, Sweet Carolina's for the fans, and there's no fans there, so we didn't want to didn't want to play it. Uh, I I do feel like with his particular walkout, I understand that it makes it makes almost makes sense from it was sort of fitting for the times that we were in. But then again, you could have had people singing Sweet Carolina at home. Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, Darren Till he's a very emotional guy, isn't he? Yeah, he, he really, really is. He wears a heart on his sleeve. Yeah. And at times, I actually think that could be his downfall. And that's why I think maybe he'll never get his hands on the UFC belt. I feel like he's missing that 2% uh, sort of champion level that others do have. You see, Darren Till's had to come out of that fight, and I think his stock has definitely risen. But mm. with Macedon losing, I don't think his stock has risen. I think people still think he's a badass. But I, I think people are sort of like, he's not going to become champion now. Like, I mean, Darren, whereas Darren Till is still young, you can, you can still develop in certain areas. But I think... There's, I don't know, I, there's definitely a way to the belt for Darren Till. And also, I do feel, if he can get a fight with Adesanya, he'll fare better against Adesanya than he would against Whitaker, just style-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, obviously, Masvidal wasn't on the cards here to talk about, but Masvidal come back out of... Floyd Island, like, where do you sort of sit? Where does he go from here? Because I can't, like, that BMF belt is now sort of done with because he lost to Kamaru Usman, no matter what you say. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him run it back with Nate Diaz. Uh, I feel like if they do run it back with Nate Diaz, I'd be all for that. But, like, I don't want to see, like, the BMF belt on the line. I'd rather just the two of them fight each other. Or alternatively, if you grab Nick Diaz out of retirement and you put Nick Diaz against Masvidal, now would be very interested in that. Okay, yeah, that's that's a great show. Uh, Ross, you see 
Fight night. We're back in Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Um, it is uh, Derek Brunson taking to Edmund Shabazian. Uh, we may as well kick it off with this, and then we'll have some honourable mentions on the card as well, because it's not a, it's not as big as certain cards that we've just gone through. But uh, Derek Brunson ranked number eight in the middleweight division against Edmund Shabazian, who's ranked number nine. For people that don't know, Shabazian actually trained with Ronda Rousey. And managed by Ronda Rousey as well. There you have it. Uh, she, she actually did a FaceTime with Dana White, like discussing this fight. Uh, Shabazian is the hottest prospect in the middleweight division right now. Why is that? Because he finishes fights. He's had 11 wins, zero losses. He's undefeated with 10 finishes. He has not seen the second round in his last three UFC fights. He looks incredibly impressive. He knocked out Brad Tavares with a head kick. He knocked out uh, Charles Bird. And he also uh, finished Jack Marshman. So he can get it done no matter what, uh, whether it's on the ground or on the feet. On the other hand, you have Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson, you know, he can put a, he can pull out some big wins. Like, he has wins over uh, Leota Machida and uh, Uriah Hall, but he seems to really struggle against the upper echelon guys. He's lost to Anderson Silva, Adesanya, Jack Ray Souza. Uh, I think he lost to Robert Whitaker as well. You know, I mean, he's got a few losses there that are, uh, you know, sort of, Shows when he fights someone in that very upper echelon, he can't get the job done. He should have beaten uh, Adamson Silva, but he was so tentative, it was ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that was a sort of conscientious decision. It was, it was a bit like with Anderson Silva at that time, you know, no one was clamoring for Derek Brunson to win. That was almost uh, Anderson Silva knocked this guy out, you know what I mean? And then he just didn't do it. Uh, he's also been knocked out, I think four times or three times his last four losses so he is susceptible to the knockout that's why I fancy Shabazian to get the job done here via would you, knockout would you call Brunson a bit of a gatekeeper now at the moment uh, more than likely yeah I think he's never going to get the belt uh, sorry Derek but I, I just don't see it happening there's too many better guys ahead of him so I think he'll perennially be ranked between 10 and 15 for the next two years before he's gone all together so you think Shabazz will probably knock him out as Brunson goes for a takedown yeah I think he'll knock him out and I think he'll knock him down early also Derek Brunson's 36 you know what I mean he's a no spring chicken and Shabazzian's 22 you know what I mean so yeah um, one fat is one fat is very hungry I think Shabazzian's like Armenian uh, I, yeah so I'm raising the flag I think it was the Armenian flag but uh, what happens after this fight Ross obviously Shabazzian will then move up to number 8 and then, then it's Murderer's Row, literally after this. It really, really is Murderer's Row. Um, Murderer's Row. <laughs> it's not funny what I'm saying. Like, imagine that. It's like, walk down Murderer's Row there. It's like, uh, I'm all right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'd rather not. But Shabazzian looks like someone who could actually fight every single person on the UFC middleweight rankings just because out of longevity being 22. So 22. If, if I were him... I, I'd call my shot. Um, I actually think the best fight for him is maybe he fights Jared Cannonier. I'd call Jared Cannonier out. Jared Cannonier will keep it on the feet. Shabazian's best on the feet. If you fight someone like Hermanson, Hermanson's very good on the ground. You might not want that fight. Uh, Kelvin Gaston's very, very tough. You probably don't want that fight. He could call out Darren Till, and that would be a, an, an epic way to get a title shot. And He knows Darren Till will keep it on the feet with him. Uh, Robert Whitaker is almost probably stretched at this stage because he's number one. And then I'm not too sure how I'm left out. Oh, and then obviously there's Costa and Adesanya, which 
know, at best he'd probably fight the loser of those two. Yeah, I think I already asked you that earlier. Who do you think Brunson will fight? I think it was, uh, did you say Till? Yeah, I think uh, I think I just said Till was a nice matchup for Till either way. Yeah. Win or lose. Then uh, Jojo Calderwood's on this guy. She's fighting against Jennifer Maya. Uh, I thought Jojo was scheduled to fight. Um, I think she was going to fight Shoshanko, but I think she said she wasn't going to wait. So okay. maybe she needs yeah. a payday. Yeah, that's a good uh, move. That's a, that's a very risky fight for her to take. Jennifer Formaya is very, very good in the flyweight division for the women. And I think she might actually lose her shot at um, Shushenko. But who knows? It, it'll be a tight one. Yeah. Uh, also on the card for Santa Luca, he's always entertaining in the welterweight division. Lando Venata is taking up Bobby Green again. And then uh, Kevin Holland from Dana White's Contender Series is on this card as well so like there is a few people to look out for and sometimes it's the cards you don't think are that good actually end up being very interesting uh, Ray Borg's on the card as well it seems like he fights nearly every month I was, I was, I was actually looking at he fought February, May and now he's fighting again in August so yeah. shout out to Ray Borg I think he actually yeah, actually has to fight because his son was very sick so he has to fight to make those bills yeah. um, shout out Ray Borg Lando versus uh, Bobby Green could be a fight of the year contender like those two are wild um, Vincente Luque I expect to get the knockout there against Randy Brown Vincente Luque is like one of the t- toughest people to ever put away and I feel like if it gets sort of round two or three his hands get like very very heavy and people just you know sort of call to his uh, his relentlessness yeah then uh, also Dana will be back again this time next week but uh, Dana White's Tuesday night contender series is on Tuesday. So next week's show, we'll be going over that as well. Would that be in the apex as well, Ross, would you say? Yeah? Oh, I would imagine so. Same here. Uh, then uh, Bellator was back over the weekend as well. Ricky Bandejas lost to Sergio Pettis by decision. Myself and Ross both thought Ricky Bandejas would win this, but uh, Pettis just showed his, um, job done. showed his experience, really, yeah. He really, really did. 29-28, uh, I think, was across all the scorecards. Uh I think Pettis has to fight James Gallagher next. And like they might as well make it for a belt. Why don't they make that in Dublin? Yeah, that's still scheduled October. to be that's still scheduled to be Bellator Dublin in October. They haven't they haven't gotten rid of that yet. Uh, also Is James Gallagher still gonna fight Kyle Eleanor in that card still or it's still being headlined by Peter Creed. Oh, Peter Creedy. Yeah, but they might just put the James card fight on it. We'll find out obviously we'll find out soon. Uh, it was there's Bellator's on again on the seventh. That's going to be Henderson against Chandler. Chandler two or two. three or something. Two, two, yeah. yeah. Also, Aaron Pico won over the weekend as well. Uh, Ross, before that, that sort of wraps up the MMA, but there is some sort of boxing we want to go over. Uh, it was announced that Moy uh, Tyson is coming back out of retirement and he's fighting Roy Jones Jr. Uh, this is going to happen in September. I think it's like it's in the teens, so I think it's like the 12th to the 17th. But uh, when you found out this match, match was made, what did you think? Um, you know what? I was, I was actually, it was a bit like watching Darren Till versus Robert Whitaker. I, I was sort of hoping both guys would come in and get their own showcase, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike Tyson was originally meant to fight Bob Sapp, and I was like, perfect, Bob, Bob Sapp's going to get absolutely mauled here. And like, people were like, yay, Mike Tyson. And then when it came to Roy Jones Jr., I was like, oh, I quite like Roy Jones Jr. Um, he, he's an absolutely phenomenal boxer to watch. Like, back in his day, he was one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. And I'm always sad one person's going to have to go out here and lose, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mike Tyson uh, announced he was going to give away all his money that he makes from the fight. Uh, also on the card, Jake Paul 
the notorious uh, YouTuber slash boxer, obviously, uh, is fighting a former NBA player. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Oh, 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 I definitely fancy Nate Robinson to win this because like, he's like a thoroughbred athlete coming in here fighting Jake Paul. So I expect him to get the job done uh, on that one. In terms of Tyson versus Jones Jr., I like Tyson to win. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be the bigger guy. He's going to be the stronger guy. And he's going to hold more knockout power. Uh, apparently, there's no judges in this fight. So the only way to win is by knockout. Otherwise, it will just be a draw. So make sure you go for the finish, lads. Yeah, that should be good. Uh, I also heard as well, Eminem, Lil Wayne, and I think Post Malone as well are all meant to be uh, playing, uh, what would you say, performing? Performing? Yeah, okay. but, there's no, but there's no fans at the event. Well, uh, may, maybe like that will like increase the sort of the pay-per-view boys for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, that's, so, that's crazy, isn't it? Like for someone like Jay Paul would be like, oh my God, I'm on a Mike Tyson card. Who do you favour going into this fight? Well, I'm just up for Mike Tyson full stop because he's a legend. All his podcast is great. Uh, yeah, and, although, the only thing I will say is that Roy Jones Jr. only retired in 2018. So, uh, in terms of who's going to be in better boxing shape, definitely Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, also, Mike, well, Mike Tyson hasn't really, he hasn't fought in so long, so maybe that would help him as well. Yeah, he, year. He, like, he's, he's probably less chance of getting knocked out. Yeah, but he's probably looking after himself more and his body more over the last few years. Now, I know he's smoking as much weed as he can, but uh, I think physically he looks great in the, the videos we've seen. And he's, he, I'm sure he can knock both of us out with one dig. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, sorry, but as for uh, the Jay Paul thing, hopefully, like, like if he wins, then there's an opportunity to fight someone that bigger that, that will actually like definitely spark him out. Like, you know I mean? You'd rather... You'd rather see him get spar- like knocked out rather than lose the decision. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely, yeah. He's... I don't know. I, I, like, I, I just want to see knockouts when it comes to the boxing, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I have very little time for decision, unless like, it's, it's very high-end boxing. And I don't think we're getting yeah. high-end boxing. No. The last fight, fights. No, his last fight was actually terrible to watch. Although he like, battered your man, uh, Anise and Gibb, in the first round. That was in Miami. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is boxing as well this weekend for people that want to know. Uh, Matchroom Boxing are starting off their first event in Eddie Hearn's back garden. And it is being headlined by Sam Eggington against Ted Cheeseman. So uh, this is a, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't write this or you couldn't put this in a sandwich, Ross. No, you couldn't. Um, I'm just excited to see the layout for Eddie Hearn's back garden. Uh, I have no real interest in the guys actually fighting. Not to knock the guys who are fighting, but yeah. um, I, I am interested to see what way it looks. Um, how high quality will the production be? Will there be any bloopers or will there not? Um, Eddie Hearn seems to always do a good job. He has taken the inspiration from Dana White. And I was Foy just about Islands. to say that. I was just so, about to say that this is inspiration from Dana. Yeah, it is. So I, I'm just excited to see it. You know what I mean? And, and again, the more live sports to come back, the more the world will feel normal again. And the more the world feels normal again, the better. Yeah, that's going to be on before Brunson versus Jabazian this Saturday. So, I mean, it's a good thing to wet your whistle, you know? Exactly. Yeah, Ross, that, that sort of wraps things up. Obviously, next week's show, we're going to be going over, uh, like, John O'Carroll is going to be fighting next week. Oh, no, sorry, not next week. Oh, no, I'm looking two, two weeks in advance. Uh, yeah, we'll just be going over everything having to crack. Uh, if you are new to the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and make sure to tell a friend. Ross, this is, uh, this is a good crack. 
It was indeed, and we probably should have a football show coming out someday soon as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The head Brand. of the Well, guys, if you did like this video, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized.